him all kinds of time. Steps into the throw, in the wind, down to the goal line, and caught! Touchdown, BYU! Mitch Matthews on the last play of the game! This should be the last snap of the football game. Snap to John. John backpedals, plenty of time, plenty of time, plenty of time. He's moving to his left, shuffling, 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 all kinds of time. Now the heat comes. He's got to run to the right. John Beck is on the run. He throws behind him. It is caught for the touchdown! Caught for the touchdown! Caught for the touchdown! Johnny Harleen got it for the score! Harleen by himself in the end zone! The Cougars win it! On the final play of the game! You are listening to the Cougar Tales Podcast. Here are your hosts, Devin Pendleton and Hunter Miller. Welcome in to the very first edition of the Cougar Tales podcast, recapping everything that happened in the BYU-Northern Illinois game this past weekend. I'm joined by Devin Pendleton. Devin, what is up? Uh, You know, a little disappointed from that game yesterday, but I'm doing good. Doing good. You didn't actually watch the game in real time. Instead, enjoying a nice Saturday evening at Frightmares. Yeah, when the, when the girl asks you to do something, sometimes you just got to do that instead. But you were able to watch the game last night, right, when you got back for yeah, runs I, on BYU TV? Yeah, when I got back, I watched on BYU TV and, once again, wasn't very happy with what I saw. Well, so what are your kind of your instant reactions? We've had, it's been 12 hours since the game ended, so you've kind of had a little bit of time to digest and react properly. You know, you know you're not in the heat of the moment, but... What are your kind of your instant reactions and your takeaways from yesterday's game? My instant reaction was I don't think they went in with a very good game plan. Um, you know, it's hard to say. I'm not in the team meeting, so it's hard to say what the game plan is. But I think they kind of went in, and to be honest, they looked lethargic. They looked like no one really wanted to be there that bad, which if you're playing a collegiate sport and they're paying for your school, you should want to be there. So I don't know if the coaches aren't getting them fired up enough, if it's not disciplined enough. You know, and then backstage, um, my takeaways is that they just weren't ready for that game. Which is interesting, seeing as they're coming off a bye week, you have an extra week to prepare for NIU and to not come in with any, you know, sense of urgency, any sort of aggressiveness. Kalani Sitaki in the postgame press conference talked a lot about his desire to play BYU football, is what he called it. And, you know, his definition of BYU football is aggressiveness, aggressive play, and letting it rip or the words he chose to use. And so it's interesting to hear him talk about wanting to play aggressive, especially following a game where it seemed like BYU wasn't aggressive at all. They came in, they played the 76th ranked pass defense in the entire country. Northern Illinois obviously is a very good run defense. Their front seven is a lot better than their back four. And so to come in and not really throw the ball all that much, I know they threw the ball 30 times. Zach Wilson finished 18 of 30, but I feel like coming in they need to know you know this defense lets up 250 passing yards per game so we need to come in we need to let it rip like Kalani said play aggressively and to come in and kind of run the ball as much as they did 37 rushing attempts as opposed to 30 passing attempts just you know seemed strange for BYU's offense it did Um, what I saw a lot of too is personally watching on BYU TV was the O-line was just outmanned they they got destroyed yeah they were manhandled Kalani Sataki after the game talked about how talked about the play of the offensive line and his words were not good enough 
And my reaction to that, or my response to that, would be not good at all. Not only were they not good enough, they just weren't any good. They got no sort of push up front against Northern Illinois. And again, NIU has a tremendous run defense, but Zach Wilson had you know little to no time passing the ball every single time he would step back. Five sacks on the day for the NIU defense. Zach Wilson was constantly under pressure, and I think you know for a freshman quarterback, you know a lot of people are going to point to that one interception he had there at the end of the game, but for a one you know one mistake on the part of Zach Wilson for that entire game was impressive to me. A lot of people harping on the freshman quarterback afterwards, but you know when your offensive line's not giving you any sort of protection and your receivers aren't getting open, then you know you're going to have those mistakes and for what it's worth, I think Zach Wilson played pretty well given the circumstances. Yeah, g- give me a break for everyone out there that says that Zach Wilson had anything to do with that loss. I mean, yeah, he did, but he he's the one that gives us the best chance to win as a BYU program, right? Tanner Mangum could not drive the field on that front seven any 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 better than Zach Wilson did. And I read on Twitter a lot that people were kind of trashing Zach Wilson and saying maybe that, you know, Tanner Mangum should be the guy. I got in a heated debate at church today from a BYU fan saying that Tanner Mangum would have given them a better opportunity. That's just not true. When they let Zach pass, Zach was driving them up the field. Although another thing that I was going to get into, all these penalties were drive killers. You yeah, saw those, when they drove down to, what was it, the one? Five-yard line. Their five-yard line. Back-to-back false starts. Back-to-back false starts. That's going to kill your drive. doesn't matter yeah. if you're Alabama down to BYU. That is going to kill your drive. Yeah, which is hard because ultimately a touchdown there gives BYU a 10-7 lead. And, gives them the win. You know, that inevitably final score, if that final score stands in terms of NIU's output, then that gives BYU the victory. You know, you can never sit here and play the what-if uh, based on something that happens, what, mid-third quarter, but... Yeah, to see BYU get all the way down to the five-yard line, Talon Shumway looks like he might have been able to break away there for a touchdown on that long pass, but ends up getting tripped up and comes short. And then Zach Wilson has that great hurdle over the NIU defender, and the stadium's rocking, and the offense is pumped up. And then back-to-back false starts just takes all the air out of the stadium and kills BYU's drive and you know could potentially have cost them the game. My question to you, Devin, you weren't there, obviously. I was there. The stadium, not very full. I think the final mm-hmm. number was 51,000. was, I think, what I saw from Mitch Harper on Twitter. 51,000 in a stadium that seats 65. And the student section itself was probably about, you know, no more than three-fourths full, closer to half full, probably. What is up with the BYU fans not coming out to the games? I'll tell you what's up. Me being a BYU fan personally, this is not the BYU football that I grew up watching. This is not the BYU football that you grew up watching. The high scoring, the energy, you know, the the reason to go out to the game and cheer. Who wants to go out to a game and cheer when the final score is what it was? Yeah. I mean, give me a break. I saw you post on Twitter yesterday, who wants to waste their gas sitting in traffic and money for that? Yeah. You might as well watch Ticket it Ticket money, gas money inevitably money for parking, money for food, and just the time it takes to get down to a game and watch a game. Especially yesterday, it was pretty hot October afternoon in Provo. Right. But, you know, notwithstanding, to spend all that money on BYU tickets, BYU merchandise, the parking, 
the food at the stadium, the time it takes to get down there, the time you spend watching it. It's just not worth it to people if you're going to go and BYU's offense is going to put up six points and you're going to watch a seven to six ball game. Exactly. Like not only was it, you know, it's BYU, you can go down and if BYU loses, you know, 35, 31. You still saw some touchdowns. Yeah, 31, 27, like those sort of games, they're at least exciting. Yeah. They're, you're at least seeing BYU drive down. You're at least seeing BYU put points on the board. There's touchdowns scored. There's exciting plays. You're getting up and you're singing the fight song. BYU sang the fight song after scores twice, and it was two field goals yesterday. Right. And going back to that Hawaii game, I was up in the president's box, which was an awesome opportunity. But th- that's the B- I know it's Hawaii and a trash defense, but that is the BYU football I remember on a, at least every other game basis. Yeah. Right? where you're standing up a lot. You're standing up so much to sing the fight song, you can't even do other things around. Yeah. Because, oh, crap, i got to go sing the fight song. They scored again. Yeah, it's every five like minutes you're up there singing Rise and Shout. It's not like that anymore, and I just think fans are kind of fed up with it. So I think until... Which, which, which is hard to see, because BYU has some of the most loyal fans in the world. Yeah. Contrary to what you see in the Facebook comments on some of these BYU posts. Well, it's because BYU fans... fans calling other fans Fairweather fans. No, they're fed up. I'm fed up. Yes, I'll still go and support, but I am sick of this super conservative offense that they're running. And frankly, you should be fed up. They are not taking any shots. You have Zach Wilson. Yeah, they're taking... When I say not taking any shots, of course, they're still taking shots, but they're not taking shots that they used to. You know? They're not taking shots that we saw two years ago. Which is... You bring up the not taking shots. BYU... Pass the ball thirty times. Yes, yesterday afternoon, they most of those passes, passes they were, were quick dumb short passes. And NIU with the sixteenth ranked rush defense in the country coming into this week, those one yard pass plays aren't any more than just running. You plays. are not going to get those are more. essentially handoffs to wide receivers when you're throwing at one yard pass line of scrimmage. You're still playing into the area of that NIU front seven. Their linebacking core is fantastic. Their defensive front is fantastic. So when you're just dumping these passes off to your tight ends or to your wide receivers, the screen call, I don't know what happened. It looked like there was a missed block on the edge, but a screen on third and five to your offensive lineman is not the call (laughs) that you should be running in that situation in that low scoring of a game. Listen, I'm a patient guy. I'm still patient with BYU football. I get that we've been talking a lot lately about how 11 of their big, biggest contributors are freshmen on offense, right? Yeah. So I get that. They're young. There needs to be a learning curve, obviously, which is why people need to shut it about Zach Wilson not giving them the best opportunity because they do need to be looking to the future. Tanner's the past. Zach Wilson is what is going to be for the next four years if he stays healthy. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, there's going to be there's gonna be growing pains, but the growing pains can't be that bad. Well, I, I mean, I, I just think I yesterday just, was bad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Jeff Grimes, personally, and I, you know, I'm just a fan here. I've never been an offensive coordinator, but he is running it just a little bit too conservatively, and I don't think it's getting a lot of his guys that pumped up. Well, in the past two years. So this going back to a little bit more kind of what the fans, why fans aren't coming out to these games. Bill Yu, the last two seasons, has two wins over Division One opponents. 
last season against San Jose State and this season against Hawaii. Other, they have wins against Division II schools, McNeese State and Portland State. But two wins in two years, again, they'll probably get a third win this season against New Mexico State. But even at this point in the season, I can't say anything for certain with this BYU team. It kind of is feeling like last season where you think, well, yeah, that was a rough, you know, rough stretch there against LSU, Wisconsin, Utah. But now we're getting to the teams we should beat. Right. And then, you know, you lose to UMass and you lose to East Carolina. So I can't sit here and say that BYU is for sure going to win that New Mexico State game. But let's say they do. Three wins over Division One teams in two years. If you're a program like BYU with, that has a rich history of performing well, and particularly performing well at home, you know that's if you want to look to why fans aren't showing up, it's not because these games are late on Friday nights. It's not because they're playing these crappy schools. It's because they're not winning. Winning yeah. heals all wounds, and that's especially true for football fans. If you're winning, p- fans will come out to Lavelle Edwards Stadium at 8.30 on a Friday night to watch you play San Jose State if you are, you know, say, 7-3 and three headed into that game. Right. And if they've seen you win earlier in the season at home. BYU, BYU fans have not seen BYU win in person and Lavelle Edwards Stadium very much lately. No, they have not. And that's the problem. And, you know... Kind of before it was that excuse of they're playing crappy teams at home, and then it was they got the late games. You know, you got to put your kids to bed, which a lot of BYU fans uh, are parents. So um, it, it, it's just coming down to now that they're just not playing. They're not playing BYU football. The, the, well, like Kalani said, they're not playing BYU football. The term That's exactly the term, what Kalani said. The term protect Lavelle's house. If it doesn't mean anything to the players, why should it mean anything to showing up as a fan? Yeah. If the players don't care about a win in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Lavelle Edwards. The protect man. Lavelle's house. I feel like I feel more pumped up than some of the players to protect Lavelle's house, and I'm not even in the game. Yeah. They need to put you out on the field. Exactly. Get some out there. Granted, I will put this out. Next year, I think there will be much more of a showing. And I'll tell you why. Because they start out at home with Utah and their next home game is USC and their next home game is Washington and then their next home game is Boise State. So fans are just going to come out to that purely because it's big teams. Well, let's say BYU loses to Utah and then loses to USC. How many fans do you think still come out to that Washington game? I still think a good amount just because it's UW in Provo. More than 53,000? I do just because the fact that it's not it's not McNeese State, it's not New See, Mexico know, State, that, that Boise, it's Washington. That Boise State game last year didn't have a whole lot of fans. That's true. So I mean, I would like you know, to believe I, you that they would come out just to see BYU play these good teams. But if you're going out to see BYU play good teams that are just gonna walk all over them, the question then what's is, the Hunter. Point? The question is, am I just hanging on to hope? Am I just hanging on right now to what was before? Well, I think every BYU fan's hanging on to a little bit. It's so rough. It was before BYU itself is hanging on a little bit, but I think you know, all in all, fair to say, both of us very disappointed in BYU's performance yesterday against NIU. Still, I expected more. They're still going to go bowling, which is more than people thought. They the bowl game still should happen. UMass and New Mexico State should be wins, but 
like I said earlier, nothing's for sure at this B- junction this in BYU's football season. I can't why, say, why I say think well, they will win. they'll go bowling. I think they'll go bowling because New Mexico State and UMass are some of the worst in the nation at guarding the run. When BYU gets the run going, they get the pass going, which ultimately is going to have them put points on the board, just like they did against Hawaii. So I do think they will get those two wins, and then they'll go bowling. And UMass, I think, does have... I think both schools actually even have worse defenses than Hawaii in terms of opponents' exactly. points so and there is some, per game. Kalani needs to go if they lose, lose those games. If they lose both, yeah. If they lose both those games, I, Kalani I needs to go now. Yeah, I agree. I, I understand Boise State and Utah give them a break. But if you lose to New Mexico State and UMass, UMass for two seasons in a row, there has to be coaching changes. Yeah, something someone needs to get in there, get these players up and ready for this. What, games. do we need to get the Apostles down there to fire them up? <laughs> Maybe. Because nothing is working work? right now. Um, going in, Boise State, your expectations for BYU's game this coming weekend. Boise State, night game on the blue turf. Do you think BYU, let's put, set the over-under for BYU points at 17? Do you think they get past that 17-point threshold? Right now, And no. do you think there's any chance? What, would, what percentage chance do you give BYU for getting the win over Boise State? I'll give them a 35% chance. That's high. That's yeah. a lot higher than I thought. I'll tell you why. Go. I might just be hanging on to hope here, but San Diego State, average team, went in and beat Boise State on the blue turf. Boise State definitely is not the. They're this not the year, Boise, the Boise State, State as good as they were. Seeing. I think yeah. BYU will be able to hang with them better than people think, because I don't know what their run get one run defense is ranked. But if BYU can get the run game going, as we've seen this season, if BYU gets the run game going, they win. Wisconsin, they got the run game going, they won. Arizona, they got the run game and their short little pass game going, they won. But it's any time that BYU can't run the ball, they don't put points on the board. So, so Boise I do State, think they'll be able to. Boise State's given up 20 points to Troy, 44 points to Oklahoma State, although Oklahoma State Oklahoma has a fantastic State just offense. Upset Texas. Yeah, they've given up thir- 27 to Nevada, 28 to Colorado State. Oh, and, Colorado State's horrible, and, so yeah, I do think. And 38 to Air Force. Yeah. So do you think BYU crosses that 17 Yeah, point? I do, I do. Okay. Even if they win or lose, they'll pass that 17 mark. Well, I think you're a little bit more optimistic than I am. I think I think we're on the same page in terms of BYU loss will lose this game. My expectation is that I think BYU will get more in the 14-point range, the 10 to 14 points against Boise State, and that's hard for me to envision BYU going up to Boise State and getting a victory. I think yeah. BYU's never gotten a victory at Boise State, so this year especially is going to be tough if they're trying to get that first win on right. the blue turf. Final thoughts, reactions, anything else you want to say? Come on, guys. That's all <laughs> I can say your as a fan. Team. All I can say as a fan is, come on, guys. You want us to show up to the stadium, you give us something to show up for. Well, hopefully next week we're doing a little bit more uh, joyous you know, reaction to the Boise State game, and hopefully we can get that sort of instant reaction next week. It'll be a late game, so it might be a late posted podcast, but we're going to try to get you guys instant reaction. You've been listening to the Cougar Tales podcast. <laughs>